are the vicars of England about to walk out of their pulpits and onto the picket line. The trade union Unite has asked the Church of England to increase clergy pay by 10% to cope with the crippling cost of living. It's the first time ever that the priests have asked for a rise. Father Marcus Walker is vicar at the famous London church, St Bartholomew the Great. He's also a columnist with the Critic magazine. Father Walker, welcome. Um, Are priests about to go on strike? I don't think we are. If priests were to go on strike, they would be abandoning their flock. And I don't think that's the kind of thing that any priest would actually do. Even as you say, priests are not about to walk out of their pulpits. I gather there's a great sense of discontent among many Anglican vicars about their lot. What is at the root of this uh, discontent? Well, the root of the discontent, I think, for an awful lot of priests is the way that they're treated by the National Church. The National Church likes to play a little bit of a game of bait and switch. Sometimes we are employees. Sometimes we are not employees. Broadly speaking, we are employees when it is to our disadvantage. We are not employees when it would be to our advantage. They managed to get around this by some careful legal footwork. What this has had as a result is that clergy have the second highest suicide rate of any profession or job in the United Kingdom. We are finding it increasingly difficult to recruit people to the priesthood. Priestly ministry appears increasingly disregarded by the episcopacy. The whole way in which the life and work of a priest has been changed over the last few years has just shattered morale. Mm. That is shocking to hear that vicars have the second highest suicide rate in the United Kingdom. Do we know why? I think it's a combination of things. The nature of the job where at heart there is very little boundary between what you do and who you are. And whenever, you know, just being alive, you are on duty, you're never not a priest, and that will always take a certain amount of its toll. There's little way around that. But there's an awful lot that the church has done to make that considerably worse. They brought in about 10 years ago a new disciplinary procedure. There was a study done last year that showed that 40% of people who've been subjected to it have considered suicide are essentially isolated from your community, from your friends. You're publicly humiliated, even just as the process, even if you're found entirely not guilty. You are expected to admit to things before it's actually up in any kind of a tribunal, meaning that you're sort of expected to fess up to anything. Really, it's almost a Kafkaesque system. It's a deeply, deeply unpleasant mm. system, and that, that causes a lot of pain. Clergy's stipends, you mentioned the fact that the union are pushing for priests to have a 10% increase in the stipend. That's because it's been cut and cut and cut over the years, even whilst the church is happy to shower money on other things. When there's an excitable new fad, they're happy to spend money on that, but not actually on the people on the ground to keep the church going. Yes, and I can imagine you as the vicar of uh, Great St. Bartholomew's in the centre of London, probably one of the most expensive places in the world to live. How much is it a struggle? Um, it is a struggle. I know many, many clergy struggle. That's particularly true if they have children. If they have other halves who don't work, it's a great difficulty. And for an awful lot of people, it's one that they can't actually sign up for. 
an awful lot of people, or people who become non-stipendary priests where they maintain secular employment whilst also being a priest because they can't afford to live on the stipend that, that they're offered. Thomson Reuters report uh, said that uh, the Church of England had a £10.3 billion investment fund. If they're not paying their vicars properly, Father, what are they doing with that more than £10 billion? They blow it on all sorts of fabs. To be worked out that of the investment income that the Church of England has each year, that was all invested for the purposes of funding stipendary ministry, only 19% of it actually goes there. They spend an awful lot of it on head office, on backroom staff, um, an awful lot of it on funding political projects, so whether that's campaigns for net zero. They do an awful lot of that. The trouble is all of that siphons money away from the core purpose of the church, which is parochial ministry. And what are those often quite worthy campaigns worth, though, if there's no vicars in the pulpits, if there's no vicar to explain that there might be a gospel reason behind apology? There is a serious danger that the Church of England is, in a century's time, going to be the best-funded church in the world with no priests and no people. You are also part of a relatively new campaign. It's called Save the Parish. Just how dire is the circumstance to be needing a campaign called Save the Parish? Well, it's really quite serious. At the moment, for what in the context of an endowment fund of £10.2 billion are small fry amounts of money, diocese after diocese are essentially rolling up the parish system and turning it into something that is considerably worse for the people on the ground. The big examples at the moment are the Diocese of Leicester and Truro, where what they're planning to do is to essentially abolish the parish system, have huge mega parishes with priests on a sort of call-out rotor, so you'll never get to know your priest. If you've got a problem, you'll call up and somebody will be sent out to deal with your father's funeral or your your wedding. They're reducing in both those dioceses the number of clergy by a considerable amount. In Leicester, it's by essentially 20%, which means that you'll rarely actually have communion in your own church. It's a very serious situation, and that's all for deficits of about £1 million that could be dealt with, you know, out of the small change of the church commissioners. I mean, one of the loveliest things about Britain is that in every village, in most suburbs, there is a steeple that tells you here is a church, whether you're religious or not, it is a place for the community. What would happen if those churches start to close? Well, the tragedy is the community loses one of the big markers of its identity. The parish church tells the tale of a community over centuries. It's a place where people have been buried and have left their memorials. It's a place where wars and the war dead have been commemorated. It's a place where one set of theologies come in and people set up stained glass windows and then another set of theologies came in and paintings get whitewashed over and another set of theologies come in and new choir screens get put in and all of these get added to and added to and added to and the whole history and story of that community gets told. And suddenly what happens is that that community asset gets essentially privatised. It gets appropriated, it gets turned into private dwelling or a swimming pool or a Tesco. Suddenly the community loses that great asset. And, of course, the village has one less thing to maybe attract a visitor. 
Well, probably the last thing. I mean, the last thing to close is generally the church. It's after the village doctor's gone and the village post office's gone and the village pub has gone. You know, quite often the priest is the last professional living in, particularly the more deprived areas of the country. Thank you for joining us on the Religion and Ethics Report. Not at all. Thank you. And Father Marcus Walker is rector of the famous London parish, St Bartholomew the Great. And you're with Andrew West. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.